everyone. Welcome to WRTRN. We're the Radio Talk Radio Network, and welcome to the show. I'm Dave Anthony, your host. Today we're going to be talking about effective communications while going on an interview. This is kind of an unusual show, maybe to some others. Well, the reality is that people are out of work these days, and some of you have not gone on an interview for a long, long period of time. We're going to talk about many issues involved with going on an interview, and we're just going to take a look over a lot of critical information concerning interviews. We're going to share some of those ideas with you today. As you know, this is an information, commentary, and opinion station and a radio program that provides that commentary and opinion. So we're going to take a real-life look at what you got to deal with when you're, you're dealing with an interview. Maybe it'll help you do some of your research and your due diligence whenever you go out to look for a job and looking for maybe the current job that you are looking for. You may come up with a job that really might be totally opposite of what you're looking for and end up on an interview. So what are some of the questions within the work world? Well, interview communications, here are some of the interview questions. They're going to look for your work history. Job interview questions about you. Job interview questions about the new job and or the company in which you are looking at. Interview questions about your future and candidate-specific interview questions. There could be up to, I counted like 85 different questions in like five different categories while doing this research. Like I stated before here, it's probably best for you to do your due diligence since this is a talk show, some news and information, some commentary for you to make some notes, get some food for thought. Now, we're going to break this down a little bit. I really feel passionate about helping other people or just being a friend and giving some advice and some just some ideas and food for thought. Everyone makes their own decision as they go along. Uh, it all comes down really to a lot of different common sense issues on what you feel comfortable with rather than what somebody else tells you because it's all kind of food for thought. In the long run, it's you giving the best of yourself to that interview, being real about it and not being a phony. And the reason why I state this is because I've been on two sides of the desk. I've been an interviewer at jobs that I've worked previously, and I've also been the interviewee, so to speak. So I kind of have a feel for how this all works. And when you're lining these questions up, like questions about you, your work history, questions about the new job and the company, your future, just specific interview questions, when you, you know, develop your resume, that tells you, you know, yourself to the employer what you are, who you are, and what you do, and who you are as a person. They can read disciplines into that and all that kind of thing. Now, when you write your resume and you go on the interview, that interview is going to mirror the resume. So the questions that they ask you should not be very far from the resume. When it's close to the resume, or even on target with the resume, it ends up being where there's a comfortable fit. When I go into an interview, or when I went into an interview in the past, I would literally be interviewing the, inter, you know, the, the company interviewer. And that was not to you know, intimidate or whatever, but basically I'm asking, I'm actually interviewing them. It's where they're interviewing me, I'm interviewing them. Okay. Now when it comes to the other side where somebody's interviewing me, and they're kind of hammering me with questions to, excuse me, to try to corner me and make me feel uncomfortable, then I realize that there's something that's kind of out of step here because I should be able to ask them 
the company questions that make them feel comfortable as much as they can make me feel comfortable with the questions they're asking me. So the questions are not too far apart. When you have that comfortable, so to speak, rapport between you and that company, then you get hired or you come in for the second interview. Now, I've gone to several companies. Uh, I'll give you an example. I went to one company years ago. I had been laid off. And it turned out to be that I took the interview and I went on like four interviews and it was for an engineering position. I ended up going to the interview, okay, and I had the final interview, I think six people from managers to engineers to technicians and people in the plant just firing questions at me. It was like an inquisition, so to speak. And I was not one bit intimidated, a little nervous because I wasn't sure which way these questions were coming. But I had to kind of put it in together collectively in my head to realize I'm not going any further than what the resume says. This is what I am. This is what I do. And the reason is because if I would say I'm going to do something, that means, you know, I'm going to over-deliver. And over-delivering is is a great thing, okay, if you can over-deliver. If you can't over-deliver, then you go into the job and they say, okay, do, you know, X work, you know, do this job here, do that job there, and you really never quite done it. And you said on the interviews, you've done it, you've been very convincing that you've did it in the past, or you did it just a little bit in the past, they're expecting you to over-deliver in that area. You're going to be in a little bit of uh, a kind of in a, a pickle, so to speak. Uh, or you're going to be very uncomfortable or be called into the boss's office. Eventually, maybe end up getting fired down the road. Or it gets, you know, a little bit of a mark on your on your record. And what happens during review time is that you end up with a poor review or a less than favorable uh, review. So when you're in the interview, you have to be kind of thinking way ahead, way down the road, actually thinking about being on the job. Or you place yourself, literally, you're not even employed yet, but you place yourself in the position of being employed as though you're in front of your boss, in front of other coworkers. And so they get to know that you're very much comfortable with yourself as a person, but you're not you know, giving a line of BS, that you are who you are. And they can determine if you're a company player or not. Now, every company is different. They're going to be looking for different things. All companies do not work the same. Some are privately owned, some are corporately owned. This is where the homework is going to have to come in. Where you're going to have to do a lot of due diligence. You have to do a lot of research on the company before you go in for that first interview. Personalities may clash. You may clash with the interviewer, the, you know, maybe the boss that's there that's interviewing you. You know, clash with them personality-wise. And I've gone to interviews that that happens. And unfortunately, it just doesn't work out, but I was better off that I didn't go to work for that company. I'd have been miserable. And so these are the things you have to think about. If you take notes, and if you are taking notes today, you may want to take a note, just maybe some of the things I'm saying, food for thought now. This is not all cast in stone as you do your research for an interview or for to learn the communications of interviewing, as we're going to go into a little bit further here. This may give you some ideas. It may not. I don't know. But I, I feel passionate about this. This is something very important because I've talked to several people. They've lost their jobs uh, over this past year, and they're saying, I'm having just one darn tough time trying to find a job. They're in their 30s, their 40s. Uh, some are, you know, in their 50s. And some have found a job after quite a while to find themselves a job, and they're in their 50s. So don't feel bad if you're in your 50s and you lose a job. 
Okay, and you, a lot of people are in their 50s and their 40s. They lost their job. They're looking for another job. And the toughest thing is whenever you've done one job your whole entire life, you've done nothing else, and you get laid off. It turns out to be that you haven't diversified, and you have to find that job in that area. It's very tough to find. And you never did a resume in your life. Never wrote one up. One thing I learned was a very good thing that I did learn, and that was to mirror my resume to what the interview is going to be. Okay, that's after doing research about the company. You do the research about the company. You find what their expectations are, what their structure is. Then you go and you start looking at your resume. Do I fit this company? <laughs> uh, that kind of thing. All kinds of questions you ask yourself. And at that point, you just start sending those resumes out. You start going on LinkedIn and putting your resume on LinkedIn. You start tinkering with other areas as far as getting your name out there other social media sites and, and things of that nature, and then start sending your resumes to companies. And they get to know who you are and what you do. So you never can tell when a job will pop up. We're going to go on with this a little bit more. We're going to take a quick break here. I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Hang in there. We're going to you know take a ride on the old train here, maybe a little bit of a roller coaster ride as well. So thank you for joining me. We're back in a minute. This is Dave Anthony, and this is Radio Talk Radio Network, or TRN. Four-time Grammy winner Taylor Swift has become a big star in the card aisle in addition to on stage, thanks to her popular line of cards with American Greetings. Now, Swift and the Greeting Card Company are launching a new page at AmericanGreetings.com. Fans will be able to take part in special promotions and receive tips on how to speak now. The interactive section will also feature the latest paper greeting cards and new online postcards from Taylor Swift and American Greetings. Lindsay Kalbach from the Taylor Swift brand management team at American Greetings says that this introduction is an exciting way to expand on Taylor's unique sensibilities on relationships and always staying connected with the most important people in our lives. What makes Taylor's card so popular is that our messages are heartfelt while still being really candid and unique. We wanted to find a way to bring that casual style and creative spirit to even more of our fans and greeting card enthusiasts alike. And we're very excited to be launching this new page to help us do just that. To learn how to speak now, participate in special promotions, and see what's available in stores and online from Taylor Swift and American Greetings, visit AmericanGreetings.com slash Taylor Swift. You're listening to Free Music by Dano. Download free MP3s at DanoSongs.com. The Heart Truth is a campaign sponsored by the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute to raise awareness about heart health. One thing that everyone can do to support heart health is to get moving. Health and fitness expert Dr. Pamela Peek says that small steps can lead to big benefits. Throughout the day, just get up and move more. Park your car in the farthest parking spot. Find any excuse to walk as you live your busy life. The key to heart health is regular physical activity and a balanced diet. I help get my patients educated and motivated to stay active every single day. That's why I'm behind the Heart Truth campaign and those who partnered with it, like Diet Coke. Join them this month as they work to educate, inspire, and motivate by visiting dietcoke.com slash hearttruth. Welcome back to the Radio Talk Radio Network. The show you are listening to is the Talk About Radio program. We talk about all kinds of good stuff. Today we're talking about... 
the interview communication skills for a job or whatever you may be interviewed for. You know, there's all different kinds of things you get interviewed for in this day and age, but today most people are looking for a job. Some people have been out of work now for quite a while. Some have been out of work for a short period of time, but still many have never been laid off or unemployed. They've been in a job for many, many years, and this is the first time they've ever been laid off. So this program filled with tips and information, food for thought may help you out a little bit in helping you get started and so you don't feel so alone. The rest is kind of up to you to do your due diligence and kind of move from there. There's all kind of other resources out there that can help you move in the right direction to give you a roadmap on which way to go. So with that, if you missed the last segment, we were talking about how this interview process, your resume, and when it flows correctly in the right direction, you end up having a good direction when you go on that interview. And that comes together and you end up landing the job, so to speak, or another interview. Now, we were talking previously about certain aspects of trying to find that job. And where it lands is pretty much in your resume. The one way to do this is to look at the company that you're interested in. And a lot of times what you can do is just see a company, there's so many resources out there, and you say, okay, this looks interesting to me. Now, which way do I go? And you're kind of, like I say, you're in like a box because you've never done anything else before. There's a lot of individuals out there that are not real diversified. That's not terrible. It's just that a lot of people have worked at the same job doing the same thing for 25 years or more, so to speak. So we're going to look at from that point of view, or you're just getting started, got out of college or whatever, looking for your first job and what have you. The whole idea behind this is not to make a mistake of presenting yourself in the wrong way on your resume. And if you do make that mistake, it's not the end of the world because you go into the next success. Let's put it that way, because through mistakes, you acquire more success. And that doesn't mean, you know, you want to constantly make mistakes, but, you know, a mistake is just kind of a tripping point. It's nothing that's going to uh, be, you know, the end of the world. Tomorrow's a new day. You know, you look forward. You don't look backwards, especially when you're unemployed. Keep looking backwards in the rearview mirror. You never go forward. So that's one way to look at this as far as the resumes go. The resume is a look forward. You look backwards, but you're looking forwards at the same time. So writing this resume, you put yourself in a position, and this is a a tip that I'm giving you, you're writing the resume as though you're actually on the interview. Now, that's kind of unusual, but it's true, kind of ahead of schedule as though you're on the interview. Now, that seems unusual, but if you can think of this in your mind's eye, so to speak, that the resume is actually 90% of the interview, okay? If you go to an interview and you cannot relate to what your resume says, then the interviewer comes up with this in their head that, you know, they see a little bit of a discrepancy somewhere along the line. So they say, oh, wait a minute, no, this guy or this gal didn't do this at all. So you have to kind of do a little due diligence is, number one, know yourself. And that is in your own personal Wikipedia of yourself, okay? Then you go and you find a business and you do all that kind of thing. But whenever you're writing that resume... That internal Wikipedia of yourself is your resume. Your resume is your, is your written Wikipedia of what you are, who you are, and what you do, and your personality. So in turn, when you're writing that resume, at, you're actually giving yourself a pre-interview. So whenever I would write a resume, I would actually have a tape recorder. In those days, it was a tape recorder. Now it's MP3, and you know, however you record it, you have a little personal 
MP3 recorder or what have you. And what happens is, is I would go through an interview, kind of a pre-prep recorded interview. Now, I don't know what they're going to ask me on an interview, but I'm going to be able to present myself in such a way that I say, okay, I have this, I got that, I have this education here, I got that education there. I'll actually read the whole resume out on a recording. And what, what that does is that gets in my brain exactly what I have on the resume. So whenever I go to the interview, what is on the resume comes out of my mouth on the interview. I'm able to answer questions. So that's just a little tip. It comes in quite handy. You might want to do something different. It's up to you. It's totally in your ballpark, so to speak. That's just something I wanted to throw out on the table to you. It does come in handy. Now, as we look a little bit forward, what makes your resume work for you? There are about, I would say, at least when I used to interview, about 10 different questions that we had to ask each person that would come in for an interview. Uh, one of the things that the standard things that employers are going to ask you that has to line up with your resume now, and this must be in your mind as part of the interview. Number one is the length of your resume. Now, you're saying, well, the, <laughs> the employer is not going to ask me, what is the length of your resume? Now, this is in your mind, okay? This is kind of in the checklist in your mind, is to make sure that your resume is no more than three pages even length, okay? What that means, even length, means it's two pages long or three pages long, okay? The third page sometimes rolls over from the second to give information out. An interviewer, most of them, spend probably no more than 20 seconds determining whether you can help the company out or not by them hiring you. They're just going to take a real quick snapshot on you. Uh, this is kind of standard. That's why, digressing back again, you have to read out your resume to yourself, a pre-interview resume. When you go out on your job interview, so you're not tripping over trying to explain your degree and you're trying to explain what you do now, what you did three years ago, and you're kind of throwing it in all different directions. And, you know, the interviewer is listening to you and thinking, wow, this doesn't fit anywhere where we, we need this person to fit. They don't fit in the company. So, and, and you may have very well fit into the company. It's just that your resume did not, did not communicate effectively to the employer about how you would fit in with the company and the job that you're seeking. You want to kind of put this all together and put those resume things in order. So when we look back here at your resume, make sure your resume has the right length. You can do a lot of research online to find out really how to do all this, to make it custom fit to what you want, okay? You have to have some control when you're looking for your job. You are, you know, basically unemployed doing kind of an employment thing for yourself here and you're kind of employing yourself each day being your own manager your own director of your life here and trying to put it into order to find yourself employment so you get you know compensation for your your background and your talents so uh, that's that's what it's about now the second thing that employers look at the position and do you meet the needs of what the employer needs for the company so they have to look at that your information has to convey and express clearly, this is what I do, this is who I am, and this is what I do. And you have to say, the bottom line, this is what I am. And that's it. Not say, well, I have this, 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 and maybe I can do that, and maybe I can do this, and I diversify here. You have to have a clear objective. That's one of the hardest things I always found myself trying to write in a resume. What in the world to clearly put through an objective? I'd say, gee, I'd write that down and say, that's not objective. 
this is how an objective works. Let's say you're an engineer and whatever the engineer is, and you say you have 10 years of experience developing leading-edge technologies, as an example, okay, or computer technologies, or, or whatever you want to use. That tells an objective in one little sentence. That's kind of an example of how to write an objective. Uh, they can immediately see exactly the value that you have as a person, the value you have in your job. Then you, they elaborate on that. Well, what did you do? Oh, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden you start breaking down the walls. They you know, start having a rapport with the interviewer. It's not so rigid that you know, you're comfortable. You start maybe even kidding with each other about, well, the job I did here and that and this and that and the other. Be real about yourself as a person. Rigidity, being real rigid and coming in like a real businessy, it really sticks a wall up between you and the interviewer. The more information you have in front of them, and you say, hey, this is who I am, this is what I do, and then you come back and say to the company, you ask them a question, who are you and what do you do? Then all of a sudden, oh, we're this company and we do this, 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 and this, and this. And you'd be surprised you get into you know, a situation with an interview and you get on that second interview. You know, Something to always remember, that they are people the same as you are. They wake up in the morning the same as you wake up in the morning. They put their clothes on the same as you in the morning. Brush their teeth the same as you in the morning. They go home and do the same things as you at night. They go home and eat their dinner. They're just human beings. You know, they, you know, either single or have kids or whatever they do. And they're doing the same thing as you're doing. They go to work. So you don't put them on a pedestal. You just show them respect as a human being. And they show respect back to you as a human being. Then you find yourself in a situation where very well may get, you know, hired back or, you know, let's say you're laid off and you get hired back or you get uh, the second interview or you go on the first interview, whatever. It's all kind of scenarios there. So that's just little things to keep in mind to take note of. Breaks down the walls on the barriers, so to speak. The final thing, does your resume contain specifics? The one thing to be specific is not to be vague. Sometimes I made mistakes going back, you know, a lot of years back when I put a resume out and I wouldn't get anything back. You know, I wouldn't get it, employers calling me or whatever. And here I was being vague. I didn't realize I was being vague. I thought I was being specific. You know, I would say contributed to such and such project or contributed to this or contributed to that in the company and did this and did that and contributed. To well, contributed is just contributing. It doesn't say a whole lot. It's not very specific. Conducted is not very specific. Now, if you say, I made you know, a critical claim to, I did this such project and acquired $156,000 in business or whatever, or, you know, whatever. I did this much work. I did, the, you know, it has specific numbers and dates, and it tells a story. It actually makes a interviewer very intrigued to have a wonderful conversation with you about that project because, number one, it leads into other conversations within the company. You say, oh, yeah, well, you, you do this X amount of projects. Oh, I remember this project. And you have this rapport. You have a conversation. You no longer have you know, this rigidity, as I was stating, where you have this wall between you and the employer. They're looking to see how well you fit in. When you walk in the door, you feel like part of the team automatically. You know you have a good fit, okay? It's not always going to be that way. But you go in with that expectation. When you have yourself ready and raring to go, Believe me, you're going to walk in there and you're going to have a wonderful time. And you're going to say, well, okay, if they want me, they want me. If they don't, they don't. 
and you don't feel desperate, you say, look, you know, I am a marketable product. Hey, you know, this is my business. I can provide this much productivity for your company that can provide more than you could possibly imagine as far as profits coming into the company and, you know, the whole nine yards. As I used to state years ago when I was into management uh, within uh, a company, I used to talk to individuals who were out on the floor of production, and I used to say that everybody plays a part within the company. Individuals that are in the office, engineering, whatever, are very important. They are the think tank. I said, you guys play a very significant role because you are the doers. You put everything into motion. And everybody putting everything into motion thinking it out, doing, plays a major role. Everyone, you know, they connect the sprockets together that move the gears. It's very important to understand a company is one big thing. It's not just a bunch of little things mixing together and you have big management and then you have the little, you know, as we used to call them, peons. No, there's no such thing because it's a very, very intricate, many, many different moving parts. Everyone plays a part. Otherwise, you know, product does not sell. Profits don't come in. Nobody gets a raise. Nobody gets paychecks. And then you close the doors. You know, companies have changed a great deal in the past 10 years. And it's really a lot of team playing now. It's not just selling directly. It's selling over the Internet. It's selling, you know, multitude of directions. So when you're going on an interview, you remember that. You have a lot to add on the table there. There's a lot that businesses need. You have to let them know, this is what you need. This is what I have to offer. That's, those are just a bunch of minor tips. Like I say, once you get everything together, you'll figure out which way you're going. Like I say, this is a, a work in progress and a work in process. And with that, we're going to wrap up this segment of the Talk About Radio program. I'm Dave Anthony. You have yourself a great day. On the next show, I will be continuing the interview communications series, and then we'll be wrapping that up, moving on to some other interesting new topics we have here on the Talk About Radio program as we talk about all kinds of great information and subjects. Till then, once again, take care. Have yourself a good day. This is Dave Anthony. This is the Talk About Radio program here on the Radio Talk radio network have yourself a great day god bless and we'll see you next time